Hi, and welcome or welcome back to the Mindset and Performance Podcast. I'm Dries, a Mindset and Performance Coach. I help athletes and young professionals with their career development. We work on a wide range of areas, from training to nutrition, but focus essentially on the mindset as it is the key to everything else. The whole idea behind this podcast is to deconstruct the habits that led people to their success, to learn from their experience and understand the psychology behind their actions and behavior, and of course, to know what kind of mindsets they have. My guest today is Dr. Ogi Markovic, a dedicated surfer who was able to join his passion for surfing and expertise in medicine. He created a very dynamic life full of excitement, exploration, and meaningful connections. Ogi is an entrepreneur, a medical doctor, a key opinion leader, a consultant specialist in ophthalmology. Dr. Markovic is a preventive medicine specialist, a philanthropist, and a researcher. He is leading the surfing medicine team as a teaching professor at the University of Lisbon for the high-performance surf coach postgraduate. He is continuously streaming his career to envision digital health with human technology interaction in sports and in business. And he is the co-founder of Surfing Medicine International, where he is responsible for the general strategy of the organization. During our conversation, Ogi tells us about the important holistic role that his organization is playing in building awareness, educating, and changing the surfing industry, not only to prevent health issues, but also the global impact that it has in, on the environment and the general well-being of, of surfers. We also discuss Ogi's beginning in surfing, and even though he was not living near the ocean, he pursued his passion into becoming one of the global leaders in the industry. He is now traveling all around the world to share his knowledge and expertise and bringing people together. Okay, so stay tuned and learn what it takes to be living and breathing from what you love. How are you? Very good. Good morning. Um, I'm good. It has been a while since uh, last week when we spoke last time, or was it like two weeks ago when we called? Yeah, it was. Yes, it was two weeks ago. It, it is a pleasure to have time with you to talk again um, and to talk a little bit about uh, Surfing Medicine International. How do you usually introduce yourself? What do you say to people? Because I understood you have. You are involved in a lot of different things, mainly, of course, things that has to do with medicine, but like a surfer and a doctor. And so how do you really introduce yourself when you meet someone for the first time? And uh, yeah. Um, well, I normally just introduce myself with the name. Um, so I'm Ogi mm -hmm. and, uh, and um, I, I do not think that uh, titles or 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 uh, any kind of positions um, are very important. What is important is the goal and um, and the result. So, yes, I am involved in, in a couple of things, um, being a medical doctor and, and being a surfer, being in product development for 20 years. Uh, you get to know people and do, do different stuff. Okay. So, so can you tell us a little more about what you do and uh, which are the areas where you are actually involved? Well, um, I am uh, a, obviously a medical doctor, and um, and uh, I'm a surfer. Um, so um, I started um, off surfing in my early teen years. So I was 11 or something, and um, um, yeah, from then on, I I was um, very much into into surfing and, and surf diseases. So um, 
to understand all of the holistic approach to, to, to the diseases that can be found in surface and in sportists. I, um, um, and yeah. how, how did you start actually surfing? And when? I mean, you're from Austria, right? Yes, I'm from Austria. I'm originally from Vienna and uh, yeah. I started surfing in the 80s whilst I was visiting my brother who was uh, living in Santa Cruz. Um, and uh, I started off then as a kid and um, I continued until now. So it's been now 35 years and uh, still stoked. That, that's nice. And how was that experience when you started surfing? You said in California, it was with your brother. Uh, did you fell in love directly immediately with it or did it take some time? How was no, that experience? I, I, I think like every surfer, I, I didn't really fall in love with surfing right away. I fall in love with uh, being only at the ocean. And uh, surfing was the natural extension of, of, of this feeling and and yes it, it it was a part of this whole experience um like everybody of us has and then so so yeah okay now you're involved with uh surfing medicine international so basically it sounds like you you were able to join the the passion for surfing and and uh, the profession that you 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 are you were trained for uh, educated on how how did that happen like how how did you make this connection between these two and when the connection was made um, through my own experiences and the experiences of my whole um, society and my whole background my community my surfing friends who have um, shown very early pathologies which are associated with being a um, water sport uh, person, especially a surfer. These pathologies are caused by different factors like UV lights or um, wind or cold. Um, and um, as a kid, I or already saw that the changes through UV on my own skin and my own eyes. and. Uh, it happened that um, with the years of my education, I came to become then a consultant specialist in ophthalmology, so in, uh, in eye surgery, and, and, and these things came together when I started my scientific work on uh, different UV-caused pathologies on the eye. From there on, I have uh, developed in a direction of uh, prevention, and um, years after the things came then together, when I was uh, called by a friend who used to surf with me in South America and who introduced me to two more guys, um, to Ingvar Berg and to Dion van der Soot, and uh, the three of us have found in Surf Medicine International in September 2011. Awesome. So what did you do before 2011 again? Could you share with us um, your experience before surfing medicine? Yeah, um, I started med school 1994 um, and um, was every year during my med school in another country to surf. So I spent a couple of years in South America and Australia. Um, I um, finished up my med school in 2000. During this time, I was working already on cell biology and um, cell pathology and um, during these years, I have developed and explained the mechanisms of pterygium. This is a UV disease on the eye. This was one of my first scientific um, activities. 
which connected me then again with surfing. And uh, from this student stage, I um, finished up then my general practitioner training. Then I went into uh, four years of internal medicine training. And after this, I decided to specialize one more time. And I finished then ophthalmology and eye surgery. And um, after working for 15 years as consultant specialist in ophthalmology, I decided uh, also to specialize one more time. So I did then occupational and preventive medicine. So when you join all of these things together, then you have a very holistic approach to pathologies and you understand how they start and where they're going to and how to prevent them. Did you uh, meet a lot of surfers who suffered from these uh, pathologies and those problems during that uh, period? Yes, yes, mm. yes. We can see this in almost every surfer who uh, is um, intensively in time and who is intensive uh, surfer. So as soon as you have your, I would say, two to three hours weekly of surfing, you can see these pathologies as well as on the skin, as well as on the eyes. So it's very relevant and very common. And, and how can you can you uh, prevent from having this? Like I, I, sur I surf almost every day, and I would I don't want to have that this this kind of um, what do you call it? Like is it the disease? Is it degeneration? Yes, it is a degeneration which is um, growing on your conjunctiva, so on the white skin of your eye, and this starts to grow over your cornea, so over the transparent part of the eye, mm. and is uh, making visual impairment as well as a lot of problems with dry eye. How you can do it is um, generally to reduce as much as you can the UV exposure. So when you're in the water, of course, it would be good to wear glasses. We know that it's not easy always, mm -hmm. and we know that there is a lack of products solving all of the problems. But what I use generally, um, I always wear a hat when I'm in the water. Um, it looks kind of touristy, but <laughs> it is very, very good um, because it, a hat uh, protects you of approximately 70% of UV. Uh, compared with sunglasses, which can do it up to 100%, but it's still the best protection. So try to protect yourself as well as in the water and especially do it in the beach because the whole damage is, of course, cumulative and will affect you. And uh, is it easily curable? Like it, it is curable through uh, surgery, I believe. Yeah. Um, well, if we're talking about the pterygium, yes, it is curable. Um, I had the honor to do one of the biggest studies on this topic in my university. And we know that although it is quite well operable, it is also uh, returning quite frequently. If you make an average, it's, uh, it's coming back again in, in approximately 30% of the people. So every operation you have on your eyes is, of course, changing a, a lot of your conditions within the eyes. So it should be avoided to operate very frequently. So, yes, it is operable, but it comes back again. This is the first thing. And the second thing is if you have your damage on your superior eye, so on your superficial part of your eye, 
then it's very probable that with time you're going to get also troubles within the inner part of the eye, so the retina. And this is not really very easily to be dealt with. Mm, I see. Uh, and um, so among the things that you take care of is actually spreading how to prevent having this kind of uh, problems, right? Yeah, you have to go the whole circle. So um, we are within Surfing Medicine International, we have a very strong basis of uh, scientists. Mm -hmm. uh, we have 18 universities in our cooperative and um, people from 32 countries. So we work very, very hard on, on showing uh, the evidence base so that we can proceed with the right therapies and with the um, right approach to diseases as well as in prevention. But you need also to understand that it's a lot of also um, outreach work and a lot of marketing work and a lot of PR work that we have to do in order to spread the knowledge worldwide. Could you tell us more about what you do under Surfing Medicine International? Well, Surfing Medicine International is at heart a certified medical association, but we are powered by a passionate and, and truly global network of surfers from every aspect of life. Um, we envision every surfer as an ambassador for health and environment, and we believe that by connecting great people and surfers who are stoked anyway, we can uh, contribute majorly to the scientific output um, and we can share knowledge and experience to inform and educate coastal communities in order to keep um, surface healthy and safe. In order to do so, we have um, produced over the years different programs. We have an educational program, advanced um, surf life support courses where we share knowledge for everybody to be able to protect themselves. And we have also our outreach program, the CSLS, the Corporate Surf Life Support Course, where we try to translate our knowledge and our experiences to companies and to the industry so we can together make this happen and prevent diseases. Okay, what are the, uh, the major challenges about um, running this, uh, this business? It's a nonprofit, correct? Yes, it's, it's a non-profit from the beginning. It's mm. transparent, it's certified, it's medical. So all of these things have a certain attribute and all of these things need to have certain standards to be reached. Being ourselves a medical association, a certified one, uh, we are very much bind to evidence-based medicine and state-of-art skills. On the other hand, um, being also international we are we must stay very very flexible um in only in our organization we speak about 20 languages 20 and wow yes yes so it's it's really something very global. interesting also it's very global um it's very open-minded and we are very happy with the people that we have in our organization because they're all surfers and there's something special about surfers mm -hmm. and this is what makes it happen Interesting. Uh, 
I would have thought that such an organization would be probably based somewhere not far from the ocean. But um, I believe I'm wrong about this um, misconception uh, that uh, people who are interested in surfing can only be based in, in, in proximity to the ocean, to the waves. I, I, was, I was kind of also thinking the same thing since um, being coming from a landlocked country but then on the other hand if you um, change the logic we probably would would not be able to do this kind of amount of work if we would be sitting beside a great break so if you sit beside a great break <laughs> you're water not thinking, all the time. <laughs> yes exactly so this is this is what makes it real and there is a second thing which we have found to be truth in the last 10 years since operating is that i mean there is a community of approximately let's say 30 million the numbers are deferring but about 30 million surfers worldwide um and um what we have concluded is that the surfing communities in, in the countries which are not prime surface countries uh, are huge. Um, if you go to Denmark, if you go to Germany, if you go to countries like Switzerland, if you go to countries like Sweden, um, you're going to find a lot of stoked people who are ready and uh, to travel for hundreds of miles just to be one day on the surf. And if you put this then down on the paper, you're going to see that you have a bunch of very motivated people who just want to deal with this topic. Was it a little bit controversial for you to grow up in a landlocked country, being a surfer, wanting to follow this passion and connect it? Like how, how was it perceived by, I don't know, the, the people around you, the family maybe? Well, um, you're right in, in, in this regard that it's uh, when you're from a prime snowboarding country like Austria is, then, then you grow up uh, being um, living on a board, a beat now on a skateboard or on a surfboard on a, or, or on a snowboard. But um, being two and a half thousand miles away from the next best surf spot uh, puts you in some... In some um, difficult situations in terms of money and in terms of organization. Nevertheless, I think that the people that we know from from the landlocked countries who are hardcore surfers are even more motivated and, and have been fighting against the odds as well as in their countries, as well as maybe within their families or organizational structures or jobs. But all of them have made it. All of them make time to travel and to serve. So, yes, it is not easy, but it is even more a pleasure to be then in the water. Amazing. Yeah, I remember a time when I was living in Sweden, I was fantasizing and thinking about surfing all the time. The fact that I was uh, far from, from the ocean didn't make me uh, a minute or a day without uh, thinking about it. Like, actually, even my physical preparation and training at the gym was for me to be ready for my next time I'll be in the water. And actually it would have been maybe once or twice a year. Because, you know, like it involves flying and as, as you said, like uh, planning a little bit. So it would be either to Morocco or to Indonesia. Yes. And I think also what needs to be also bear in mind is that the average European surfer starts off surfing in his 20s. 
whereas um, an Australian starts as a grommet or um, from California or from Hawaii. So the whole culture and the whole person, the whole thinking in Europe in terms of surfing is a bit different. Yeah. And now they're building uh, wave pools a little bit everywhere in Europe, huh? So it's going to be even more awesome. And uh, yeah, a lot of people will be able to surf uh, more frequently. What do you think actually yes. about the wave pools and everything that's happening around that? We are very honored and, and happy that we are involved in this um, um, development from the beginning. Um, we had some pioneers in, in, in terms of standing waves in Munich uh, with the Eisbach and uh, um, this whole idea of having a wave um, inside without the ocean has been growing for the last 15 years and is as you can see it's it's growing now exponentially and um, we have given some thought and also uh, did also some scientific work already on wave pools um, in terms of injury prevention injury statistics and um, we have some concrete data which show also a very very clear difference in terms of injuries uh, between a wave pool and the natural environment and we're trying to implement our knowledge into our wave pool partners and, and friends and um, we're happy for instance to have uh, the wave from Bristol as, as one of our members Nick, Nick Hounsfield who is himself a health worker and um, yes we're very much working on this topic because it is the future of surfing in a way interesting I actually I didn't know that you were involved with that as well is this what you do guys uh, talk about during the conferences that you organize and yearly there's one coming up soon right in April yes yes there is one coming up in Turkey um, right right in front of Bells Beach um, it's gonna be from the 10th to the 13th of April 2019 um, yes, we're going to be talking about this also. Um, our conference, our world conference is divided always in three chapters. One chapter is, as you've mentioned right now, performance um, in surfing. So this is very much about these kind of topics, development, future of surfing. Um, be it now the Olympic part or be it now the wave pool part or just the development of surfing style as well as training. Um, we have a um, chapter also which is dealing with surfing medicine, so surface health and prevention. Um, and we have a third part uh, which is dealing about environment and um, ocean environment. So in every of these chapters, we are very, very proud to have some of the top-notch people in the world uh, as keynote speakers. Um, and yeah, so we're trying to really approach it holistically. Because there are a lot of people who are interested in, in high-performance surfing. But there are also a lot of people who are interested in health. And there are also a lot of people interested in the environment. So you can't look at this only through one mirror. Mm. You, when you say health here, do you also refer to mental health? I think that the mental health is a part of the general health. Uh, being a medical doctor, um, we understand very much how much potency and how much um, potential for, for curing people lies within the psychological realm. Um, we know from studies very well that 
this is also something which is influencing majorly the effectiveness of um, healing and of therapies. So from the beginning on, we had almost always somebody, and I think always in every conference, somebody who is coming either from psychology, psychiatry, psychotherapy, um, and uh, we're going to keep on doing this because it's just a part of our health. So who are the people that are usually coming to these conferences? Like, are, are you targeting only, um, let's say, B2B, other businesses, other people or also open to public? We are very open to public from the beginning. Um, one of our primary goal was to change this medical association into something which is absolutely open to everybody. So within our conferences, as, as well as within all of our other educational products, mm -hmm. um, we are trying to cover as well as lays, as well as health professionals, as well as industry professionals. So if you, for instance, um, look at this upcoming conference in Turkey, Australia. Um, we have opened it up completely to people to come. So every surfer can come and every health professional come. But we have also opened up completely for the industry. Because in the end, I think that science doesn't make any sense if we do not implement it in the real world. And uh, we want to be a friendly and a... Um, potent partner for everybody to keep the surfer healthy and safe. I was wondering also, uh, how do you pass on the message? Like, uh, do you also share information through other means? Like, I don't know, like articles, blogging, videos, or maybe uh, something that is more accessible to people. Let's say people that cannot fly all the way to the conference places. How do they get the information and the awareness about the importance of what you do. Yes. We have um, different uh, channels, of course, mm. the social media, where we um, daily share knowledge, um, as well as um, different articles, as well as scientific publications, as well as um, publications in, in normal media and print media, um, together with all of the other uh, products that we have, like, for instance, our apps, like the Surf First Aid app. Oh, yeah, the apps. Is, I tried that yes, one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is which is completely free and they encompass almost all of the knowledge that you will ever need uh, within surfing and medicine. Um, and um, we try to spread them and uh, we are very happy that, for instance, the Surf First Aid app is used right now in 29 countries and has a rating of 4.9. So I think that um, this is the way how you spread knowledge in the 21st mm -hmm. century. Mm -hmm. Secondly, we have a very strong outreach program where we um, welcome all of the surf schools as well as different surf academies and surf teachers, surf instructors, lifeguards, uh, biologists, ecobiologists, uh, toxicologists, all of them are a part of this um, big organization. And um, we hope that we can cover through this all of the topics which are uh, hitting on the surfer and influencing his life. Correct me if I'm wrong, you do have two, two different apps, right? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. We have one app, which is the Surf First Aid app, 
Uh-huh. This is the app meant for everybody to keep him safe and healthy. And we have the Surf Years Calculator app, which we have made so that every surfer can calculate his risk of getting a disease. So you can go to the app and put your daily surfing or just being at the beach. And through this, you can correlate your time with the diseases that you may encounter or do encounter in your life. This is how you can calculate on the amount of time that you spend in the water and then figure out when it is smart to stop, when is it smart to protect yourself, and when is it smart to take measures so that you can keep yourself healthy. That's something I definitely need to use, actually. <laughs> I mean, you know, like we, we grow in some sort of culture that that's where you don't really base your health into prevention but like uh, treating the symptoms when they come but i do need i think personally need to change that like where i have to be more preventive and i think this app could help me a lot with that yeah i think i think it is a general global perception um of 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 how medicine is also working is that we have so-called health systems which are not health systems, they are disease management systems. And um, we really try to make a step away from um, dealing with diseases, but to prevent diseases. Okay. How does a normal day look like for you? Um, I have a very um, strict um, um, daily routine. I um, stand up every day at 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, take my kids to kindergarten, uh, go to work, um, operate most of the time till 2 o'clock p.m. Then I um, get on my, on my e-skate, go to my outpatients, work there till 20 hours. 20? Um, then I get... Yes, approximately till 20, so till 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, then I get home, then I have my non-discussable at least two and a half hours with the kids before they go to sleep. Um, How old are they again? Um, my son is six and my daughter is four, mm-hmm. and they're both party people, so they like to stay long and sleep on for long, <laughs> so they're the perfect surface, I guess. And um, Did they try so, surfing, yeah. by the way? Oh, yes, definitely. They're both active surfers. Uh, my daughter has been last year the first time on the board and did make her first 20 meters on a wave. And my son is already a Stoke surfer with his six years and is ripping. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't wait to put mine on the server, but I got to wait a little bit. He's only seven months old. Oh, it, it is it is a distinct pleasure and, and a present um, to, to have somebody... Uh, beside you, like your mm. kid, um, who you can give your experiences. How about your wife? Um, I'm, I guess, a very lucky person that uh, I met my wife through surfing. She is a consultant specialist, also a medical doctor by herself. And we met on a medical conference and we fell in love um, only by talking about surfing. (laughs) (laughs) Common ground. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, after 8 p.m., you dedicate some time to your kids. And then then what happens after? Well, um, after 8 8 p.m., as I said, um, when the kids go to bed, um, I start off working either on my scientific projects, 
uh, as well as on the SMI. And this is averagely until 1 to 2 p.m. So uh, this is like my daily routine. Um, and this works out also fine mm. when you have your your uh, routine which you hold on to then you don't get also into a lack of sleep you, you can be very very focused and be very productive what mental skills do you employ to to manage maybe it's not the right word it's not mental skills like how do you manage your time and i mean i believe i mean you combine in two 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 jobs so to speak like the daily one and uh, surfing medicine one and of course taking care of your family and taking care of yourself i i see it as a challenge but in the same time if it's uh, coming from a passion point it is somehow manageable correct it is everything about passion. Yeah. Um, it is every single step is a passionate thing. And I think this is the main driver in my life. Um, if it wouldn't be for passion, I would be probably couch surfing from 8 p.m. But to have the opportunity to change things, to be the, the game, not the player, and to understand what uh, backgrounds are and how we can improve um, the health and my role for the whole world community is something very humbling and also something which I can um, well thank my destiny for every day because it's something which is I think quite beautiful to work on do you have any strategies to um, turn off like to have downtime Yes, I think that this work uh, for the SMI is my downtime. Uh, working as a medical doctor, you see a lot of very um, challenging things in your life. Mm -hmm. And when you then can uh, translate your medical experience into something which is not only fun, but is also catering your own passion, then it's downtime. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely da uh, downtime for me. So, yeah. Uh, inspiring to to hear that actually what you do is your downtime I think this is the recipe this is the recipe for me personally to be as effective and as productive as I am mm. not a given for everyone though it's a state of mind mm. it's a state of mind I think um, many of us can develop into this direction I think it needs a bit of um, time and a bit of also commitment mm -hmm. to do so. So, so could you share with us like what is it? What does it take to build uh, what you built now? I mean, in terms of uh, living through passion and and building this organization. Um, Dedication, I believe, hundred percent is there. Commitment is there as well. Yeah, I think I think all of these tools that you rightfully mentioned are are tools uh, which you need, which are a um, sine qua non. So you can't really do it without them. Yeah. But I think what the driving force is, or what the purifying sources of energy, is um, the people that you're surrounded by. Um, if you have a, a bunch of people around you who are not only fair and transparent and open-minded and, and, and holding to the tasks which they have put forth for themselves, 
then you are motivating yourself and the others. So these things like kind of power themselves. And uh, this was our main goal or and also our main luck that we have met and that uh, between us it worked so well um, that when you combine all of these anyway very hard working people then you can make the amount of work. And on the other hand, I mean, imagine a person who has spent his whole life, and I mean whole grown-up life, in learning constantly to help somebody. And this same person has a character who is ready to pedal out for hours just to get one wave. And when you combine this person with this humanistic person who, who wants to help, then you're going to understand that these people are very, very diligent and also very hard working people. And this is what makes a certified medical doctor um, so uh, cherished by the industry as well as by the um, scientific community. So this was our main goal and also our, our main thing that we're very proud of is that we, we are already certified medically. And we are very much cherished by our medical colleagues and the universities, which is not easy to achieve if you come from surfing and everybody um, in the beginning thinks that you are a tourist office for medical doctors. Did you grow up knowing what you wanted to be uh, and which direction you wanted to take? Um, As a young kid? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I, 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 I had a, a direction. I, I didn't wanna, I didn't wanna deal uh, with uh, a lot of numbers. I did in my in my education. I did a mathematical high school, so I was um, very much into mathematics when I was a young kid. But when I finished my um, school, I kind of was fed up with working with numbers, so I wanted to work with people. And um, this brought me to this to this um, medical direction. And being a guy who is well educated in numbers, it is quite logical that you go into science and statistics and so on and so on. So for me, it's the better way of existing to be able to help. Did did you get an external influence, as in like somebody that you look up to, or or? let's say somebody from the family perhaps that had this positive influence over your, over this decision or how did it happen really? Um, I think really that uh, from the beginning there was, there was a sentence of my grandmom who always told me, don't look for role models, but look for role morals. Wow. And, um, and, and, and this is something which has changed my perception as a kid, as a 12-year-old killed, because I was thinking, like, what does she mean? And, and with growing up, I understood that, that it's really about morals. Whichever moral you would choose is something which you should take up in your role. Um, looking at role models is always your own personal impression of the person you think how it is. And this is, I think, something which is not really very clear. I believe you're quite satisfied from uh, what you have achieved so far. And 
So if you got to put a number on it, like can you actually put a number on it? Like I'm satisfied nine on 10 or uh, eight on 10 or, or, or maybe bef- less than that number. Maybe there's uh, more ambitions and more points you want to reach. What would be that number if you want to put a number on it? Or what would be those ambitions and those, uh, say, can call them projects as well, um, that you want to achieve in the near future with Surfing Medicine International as well as with uh, perhaps yourself and where you want to be? We are lucky that we have um, within our crew uh, proclaimed 2015 that we have met all of the goals which Surfing Medicine International was founded for. So the last three years were mainly pleasure for us. We have um, embarked this journey to um, make surfing medicine a um, medically certified and evidence-based level um, science specialty, which we have um, succeeded. So this is something which was for us as medical professionals the Mount Everest to be able to put surfing medicine on such a scientific level where you can get all of the stakeholders worldwide in medicine there and where you can show the medical community and the scientific community that there is absolutely no doubt that this is something which is based on excellence and on state-of-art medicine. So we have succeeded this 2015 and um, this was our first and primary goal. And from here, we want to grow further and grow deeper. We want to involve our partners and friends from surf industry, sports, from psychology, from every aspect of surfing and water sports and beach communities to spread the knowledge and um, to be able to make a better tomorrow for the future, for the surface. Beautiful. Okay, I got a couple more questions. Um, books, books that you read. Do you have time to read, by the way? Um, yes, I have sometimes time to read. Oh. I, I read most of the time in my vacations. Oh. Um, one of the uh, major books that have been influencing me um, is um, a book called Luck uh, by um, Mathieu Ricard. Mathieu Ricard is a uh, very French. Yes, yes, yes. He's a French uh, person and uh, a very honorable um, scientist who is uh, from the Université Sorbonne and uh, who was uh, a part of the team who have decoded the, the genetical code of human beings, so a high-end scientific um, professional who turned... 25 years ago from science and went into meditation, mm. went to Tibet and uh, is one of the leading consultants now of the Holy Dalai Lama. And uh, he is the guy who has shown and proven the plasticity of, of the brain, that you can change your brain as well as um, through your meditation, as well as to your practicing and chanting. He is the guy and behind that? Yes, he's ah. one of the guys behind it. He mm. did one of the most important studies on University Harvard. 
um, showing that meditation is directly influencing and, and, and proving this through MR, MR so magnetic resonance, um, that it's really curing your brain. And this is how much I think that psychology and the psychological aspect are incremental to everything in our life. Mm. Everything. So do you use meditation yourself sometimes yes. or on a regular yes. basis? Mm. Yes, I meditate now for more than 30 years. I come originally also from martial art, uh -huh. uh, from a Kung Fu uh, direction. So it's Wushu and uh, I, 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 this is why my daily practice also um, to practice mindfulness and, and kindness. I love meditation. I, I, I meditate almost every morning and I, I would say I, I'm using the word I try to push it into my clients, but there is still a little bit of a resistance from, from a lot of people into meditation because they think it's all about sitting, lighting candles and humming, which is nothing wrong with it. But let's say, for example, for athletes, uh, it's, it's a foc focus training. And also it's being in the moment kind of training so to deal, to, to have better emotional management, whether it's before competition or after competition, or, or actually just to condition yourself to be in that mindset or emotional state that is propice and positive for, for better outcomes from, from athletic results. Well, I can just compliment you on this. If you say that there is a resistance by them, that means that you are doing a very, very good job. Mm -hmm. uh, coming from the world resistere, from, from Latin, that means that they're holding in and thinking and then holding in and thinking resistere. Mm -hmm. So that means that you're working very well on them. They maybe need some time to accept it. Yes, and implement it and include it in their practice. Like I got the the other day, I got somebody telling me she was trying to meditate. Uh, I mean, she, she she's going to a contest, a competition, big one for her. So she start feeling anxiety and stress and not feeling quite well, which is actually impacting her practice and her training time. So she had been trying to meditate, I, and I've been telling her, look, I mean. It's like treating the symptoms when you meditate only uh, a couple of days before uh, the, the contest and competition. She's a surfer. You get, it's, you, it's good to do it, but you got to implement it in your habits. You have to, to do it as also as a prevention, not to put it on top of the anxiety. Of course, you're anxious. It's not easy to wipe out those feelings and uh, letting go of them easily when you have the high intensity of them. Yes, mm. I think that you're completely right. Um, as I have learned meditation by my teacher, mm. um, I understood and I was taught that the last stage of meditation is every single breath. Mm -hmm. So it's not only meditating while still meditating, but it's meditating while still living. Yeah. Okay, that was about books and drifted to, to meditation. How about um, defining uh, success? I really do not like the, world success, uh, the word success because success means always the end of a process. Mm -hmm. Um. I think by succeeding, 
means means also that you are being um, succeeded. So succession is a word coming also from succeeding. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, rather like to, to, to have a uh, algorithm or a program or to have a uh, goal. Um, what the problem is with generally the succeeding is that succeeding is always um, bind to expectations. And expectations are a big problem if you want to reach a goal because they're never real. So what I try to implement in my life is that I have concrete goals without any expectations and I hope never to succeed, but always to have fun in the process and it never ends. Good perspective on it. I never heard somebody describing it this way and having this outlook on, on, on what success is. This is somehow a definition. Yes, indirectly. I, yeah. You know, this is exactly what is one of the one of the biggest problems I think within um, generally uh, society is that when you have a certain success and you have a certain, let's put it this way, title or or whatever you want to call it, you are um, right away in another position, which I think you are not, because at the base we are all human beings and the experiences are just seen through different frequencies and to be really really open-minded to people you need first off to understand that you're looking at your world only through one frequency correct yeah okay this is coming close to an end um i'd like you to to articulate your message if you want to pass on a message here to my audience or your audience regarding Surfing Medicine International or another topic for people who are, let's say, pursuing um, what they might call success or what may, they may call achievements and goals and pursuing a passion, actually, because you have pursued your passion and connected quite well with your profession, which became actually passion profession. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would be that message if you have one I think the most important thing is to stay authentic um, friendly open minded warm hearted um, down to the ground inspiring big things loving people and then you're going to get wherever you want to go beautiful beautiful I think on this note uh we can uh, uh, end this uh, conversation, this beautiful, very interesting and inspiring conversation. It was really a great pleasure having you here, sharing with me your story, sharing with us your story, your ambitions, your passion. Um, how do how do people how can people find you actually? Where and where can they find you? Um, the people can find us on surfingmat.com. Um, they can find, find us on our social media. Look at Surfing Medicine International. They in, can find us on Instagram. Please? On Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, um, on Twitter. Um, you can find us also within our professional spheres, uh, be it now in medical society, in medical publications, in journals. You can find us in different standards and guidelines. Um, so just look for Surfing Medicine International and you're going to find us. 
Great, Ogi. Uh, thank you very much again for this opportunity. It was really, really great pleasure uh, discussion here with you. And uh, I tell you, see you soon on the lineup somewhere. Maybe in Australia, actually, in April. We would be uh, very pleased to see you at the conference. Um, I would love to talk with you personally there and to hook you up with all of our global community. We are very thankful for people like you who are spreading the word and putting humanity into psychology and to training. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you.